This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Our talk today, ladies and gentlemen, as has already been announced, is about Jericho. But uh, Jericho is... Uh, but Sorry. Bear with me. But there's one thing that repeats itself throughout the passages that we're going to look at today about Jericho, and that is faith and trust. And we'll see this coming up time and time again as we look at our subject for today. So Jericho, my dear friends, is mentioned in our Bibles around 59 times. In early times, the city was a centre of worship of lunar deities, such as the moon god that's shown on this slide, or the so-called moon god that's shown on this slide. Jericho is found low down in the Jordan Valley, about 27 kilometres, 16 miles east of Jerusalem, and 10 kilometres, 6 miles northwest of the Dead Sea. The town lies 251 metres, 825 feet below sea level, which makes it the lowest city on the earth. It's also claimed by archaeologists to be the oldest continually inhabited city in the world. The first permanent settlement was built near a spring by an unknown people and constituted of a number of wells a religious shrine and a 23 foot 7 metre tower with an internal staircase. The picture shows that spring as it is today. Although Jericho is surrounded by a scorching hot desert, it is well watered by many freshwater springs. The Hebrew name for Jericho means fragrant. Today it's called the City of Palms. It's also called a city of palm trees in our Bibles in Judges 1 and verse 16 and in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 3. And in Genesis 13 and verse 10 it's described as being well watered everywhere. Under Joshua, under Joshua Jericho was the first city that Israel conquered. Because, of the people of because the people of Jericho worshipped idols and not the true God. In Joshua 6 and verse 17, God says, The city shall be accursed, even it, and all that are therein, to the Lord. So let's have a look at what our Bible tells us about this great city and hopefully find some lessons to help us in our daily lives. The city of Jericho was surrounded by a high wall, but it wasn't a normal wall. You see, if you look at the walls of Jer Jerusalem in comparison, they are flat and upright walls. If you've been to the city of York, you will see such upright, flat walls. But the walls of Jericho were different than these. 
Jericho had two high towers and two high walls and protective towers. There were then two walls, an outer city wall with a retaining wall below it and an inner city wall. The red line here at the bottom of the screen shows the size of a man on the same scale as those two walls. The walls were very vast indeed. At this time Jericho was heavily fortified as they knew that the Israelites were in the area. And so Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1 tells us Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse 2, the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valour. Firstly, two spies were sent out by Joshua from Shittim, some five miles away, and they lodged with Rahab, a prostitute, in Jericho. In Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out, it says, of Shittim two men of to spy secretly, saying, Go into the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab, and lodged there. And Rahab hides these Israeli spies from the people of Jericho in her house. She'd heard of the nation of Israel, and she said in Joshua chapter 2 and verse 11, As soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God of heaven above and in the earth beneath. This woman then showed a great faith in trusting in the God of Israel at the expense, the very high expense, of risking her own life. As we've said, the city of Jericho was surrounded by an inner and an outer wall. The outer wall was surrounded, surrounded the whole city, and the inner wall enclosed a central administrative compound for palaces, temples, and large-scale food storage. Well-to-do people lived in the central compound. Poor people lived on the outer compound, between the two walls. And somewhere on that outer compound lived a woman called Rahab and her family. Her house made part of the outer wall of the city. During the night there was a banging on the door of her house. And when she answered two soldiers stood there. They were looking for the Hebrew spies. But Rahab had already made her choice. Faithfully siding with the two strangers. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 3 says, The king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not where they were. She'd hidden the men. She'd hidden the two men on the flat roof of her house, under large bundles of flax, which had been laid there to dry. She hid them well. The soldiers saw the sheaves, 
but they didn't look under them. It was dark upon the roof. They have urged the soldiers to pursue the two Hebrew men whom she said had disappeared into the darkness after they had left her house. Well, why did then she risk her life? As we've read, as soon as the soldiers had gone, Rahab went up to the roof area to speak with the men. She acknowledged to the, that the Hebrews were a real threat to her city and that Joshua had done an excellent job putting terror into the local inhabitants by recounting stories about the extraordinary power of his God. He showed, she showed, sorry, a great faith and a great trust in the God of Israel. But as she pointed out to the spies, she had saved their lives and she not merely risked her own life but the, risked her life of all her family. She asked them the next time they came that way that their army wouldn't attack or harm her family in any way, that they would give her a safe passage, even if they destroyed everybody else in Jericho. The spies answered, and it's recorded for us in Joshua 2 and verse 14, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that, he, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Meanwhile, the two spies were in, still in mortal danger, trapped in the hostile city. But the resourceful Rahab took care of that too. Her house had small rooms, enough to house a family, built on the otherwise solid mass of the outer city wall. One of these rooms had a window large enough for a man to pass through, and she, with presumably help from her family, led the two men down a rope through that window to the ground below. She told them to escape to the hills and stay there for three days, by which time the coast would be clear. Before they left, the two men told her to leave a red cord hanging down from the window, through which they'd escaped. This way, uh, all the Hebrew soldiers would know which house and family should be spared from the slaughter, and the other inhabitants of Jer that the other inhabitants of Jericho were going to face. Rahab agreed, and she hung the red cord from her window, and the soldiers escaped through the window and down the wall. After a few days they returned to Joshua and told him about their narrow escape and about their agreement with Rahab. As Joshua stood by, the, by Jericho, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Joshua was told to take off his shoes because where he stood was holy ground. He removed his shoes and bowed down and worshipped. Joshua 5 tells us of this. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him what saith the Lord to his servant the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua lose thy shoe from off thy feet for the place where thou standest is holy and Joshua did so after this Joshua led the people of Israel over the Jordan river and they pitched their camp near the city. 
here was to be the most famous event recorded in, in the Bible concerning this great city. That's the Battle of Jericho. So let's read about what let's read about what God tells Joshua about this battle in Joshua chapter 6 and verses 1 to 5 with our president please reading with you then from Joshua chapter 6 now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel none went out and none came in and Yahweh said unto Joshua see I have given unto into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valour and ye shall compass the city all ye men of war and go round about the city once thus shalt thou do six days and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns and the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priests shall blow with the trumpets and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout and the wall of the, of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him when Joshua had spoken to the people all that God had commanded him which we just read about the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward blowing their trumpets and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them around the outside walls of Jericho the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark all the time the trumpets were, shout were sounding but Joshua commanded the people in Joshua 6 and verse 10 ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout then shall ye shout what do you think the people of Jericho uh, said uh, about the people of Israel what do you think they thought about the people of Israel well as they stood on the walls looking at them going round the city I don't think they thought anything nice about them nothing nice I would suggest the ark of the Lord was carried around the city once by the Israelites they sounded the trumpets but they made absolutely no attempt to attack Jericho the trumpets were probably ram's horns rather than the trumpets that you can see at the front of this picture they're, they're blowing trumpets that look like modern trumpets but the trumpets of Bible times were uh, ram's horns the inhabitants of the city were forced to wonder what exactly was happening especially as Israel said nothing they just went round, blew their trumpets and marched round and round the city then all the people of Israel returned to the camp and spent their night there the walls of Jericho seemed impossibly high and towered over the people on the second day the third day the fourth day the fifth day and the sixth day they did exactly the same thing 
And I suppose the people of Jericho would laugh and jeer at them. But they would soon know the power of the true God of Israel. Perhaps by the sixth day even some of the less faithful Israelites were asking questions of Joshua. How will the walls fall down? How will we get victory over this mighty city? But Joshua trusted in the God of Israel who had said that on the seventh day the walls of the city shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. They'd been walking around the city now every day for six days and so far they've walked round Jericho six times. For six days the people of the city were looking wonder and in scorn on what was happening. For six days it was a real trial of faith of the people of the nation of Israel. And how tired the people of Israel would be as they went around again on the seventh time. But on the seventh time, early in the morning, just as the priests blew their trumpets, the people of Israel shouted. It was a great shout. The shout that sends, the sort of shout that sends birds screaming from the air. Then there was silence. You could have heard a pin drop. Nothing happened. And all the people in Jericho held their breath. And suddenly there was a loud crack. Israel saw those great walls it fall in front of them. They toppled down and fell down. The walls bulged outward and fell with a terrible crash. And with a right ringing cry, the soldiers of Israel rushed up forward over the pile of the broken wall. And in no time, the people of the city were defeated. The victory was the Lord's that day. Joshua 6 and verse 20 tells us about this. The people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat. So the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Those walls that were so high and that were so thick that, could st that they thought could stand up to any army could never stand up to our mighty God. Nothing is too hard or too difficult for him. When men of olden times attacked a city, they tried to batter down the walls with heavy beams of wood having heads of iron called battering rams. But God didn't instruct the Israelites to capture Jericho this way. They were to remember that it was not by their own power that they could conquer the Canaanites but only as God gave them victory over their enemies God fought the battle for Joshua and so God commanded Joshua to lay siege to Jericho in this very strange way and God delivered uh, Jericho into the hands of the people all the inhabitants were killed except Rahab and her relatives. 
These were spared because Rahab had been kind to the spies who Joshua had sent. Israel destroyed everything except the silver and the gold and the other valuables that were taken into the treasury of the Lord. Joshua chapter 6 verse 24 says they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein only the silver and the gold and the, and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury house of the Lord. And it goes on to say that Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had when she dwells in the city in Israel, it dwelleth in Israel even to this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho but Achan had less faith than most of the Israelites he coveted and took some money they weren't told to take the money they were told to put it in the temple of the Lord but Achan took 200 shekels of silver and a gold bar weighing 50 shekels and a Babylonian garment from Jericho for himself thus transgressing God's command for which he and his entire family were put to death after the destruction of Jericho Joshua said in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 26 Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city of Jericho he shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it this doesn't mean that Jericho then had to remain uninhabited since, since that destruction of Joshua but it had to remain an unwalled town or village however during the reign of Ahab he held fortified the city by reconstructing its walls and its gates and this completely violated God's intention that the ruins of Jericho be a perpetual reminder to Israel that they received the land of Canaan by God's hand it is as a gift of his grace accordingly Hiel suffered the curse that Joshua had pronounced 1 Kings 14 and verse 34 says in his days, the days of, Hiel, of Ahab, did Hiel the Bethreite build Jericho. He laid the foundations thereof in Abram with his firstborn, and sent up the gates thereof in his youngest son Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua the son of Nun. The curse was literally fulfilled, just as Joshua had foretold. He lost his eldest and his youngest sons uh, as a result of this disobedience. Well, archaeological evidence indicates that around 1700 BC the city enjoyed some prosperity, its walls having been strengthened and having been expanded. The Canaanite city was destroyed around BC 550 and the site remained uninhabited lots of things have been found by archaeological digs in the area which show the accuracy of the biblical record 
My sources for the following archaeological evidences are Bryant G. Wood, um, he wrote a book entitled Did the Israelites Conquer Jericho? Biblical Archaeological Reviews of May and April 1990. The Walls of Jericho, Bible and Spade, Spring 1999. So let's look at some of these Bible proofs from archaeology. It's very important that we do this, ladies and gentlemen, because some people say that Jericho, the Battle of Jericho, never existed. It's written down in the Bible that that doesn't prove anything, they say. Well, let's look at the archaeological evidence that this really did happen. Piles of mud bricks from the collapsed city were found at the base of the wall when the archaeological archaeologists I'll get the word eventually uh, dug up the city. They verified that the wall fell down flat as it says for us in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. That's unusual because walls usually went inwards but the walls of Jericho went flat and fell downwards. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20 says the people went up into the city and an earthen embankment around the city requiring the fighters to go up into the city has been unearthed. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 15 says that they have let them down by a cord through the window for a house was on the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. And it's been found that houses were indeed built against the portion of the city of the city wall and these did not collapse verifying that Rahab's house was built on that city wall and that her house was spared as Joshua 2 and verses 14 to 21 and Joshua 6 and verses 22 and 23 have told us a layer of three foot thick uh, a layer of ash three foot thick with burnt timbers and debris demonstrates that the Israelites burnt the city with fire and all that was therein as Joshua 6 and verse 24 stated. The destruction occurred at the end of the 15th century BC, precisely the time of the conquest of Canaan. And many large jars full of charred grain were found in the destroyed buildings. This is a very rare find because of its value, grain was normally plundered from a vanquished city. The large amount of grain in Jericho indicates that the harvest had just been taken. And we're told that in Joshua 2 and verse 6 uh, and Joshua 3 and verse 15. It also, tells, it also shows us that the siege was short, that it was only seven days as Joshua 6 tells us. And it tells us that the Israelites did plunder the city. Normally these things would have been taken uh, by the people who were uh, taking a city. But the Israelites didn't plunder the city uh, and take away the grain. So as Joshua 6 and verse 18 tells us. There was evidence uh, of an earthquake activity. Uh, possibly, sorry I'm going the wrong way. 
There's evidence of an earthquake activity. Possibly the agency of God used to the agency that God used to dam up the Jordan, mentioned in Joshua chapter three and verse sixteen, and that brought the walls down. There's much more discovered about Jericho. We'll have to leave it there for today. Look on the internet, look at all the archaeological evidence, there is lots of it. It really did happen, and it really did happen in the way that the Bible says it happened. Coming now to New Testament times. After the fall of Jerusalem to Titus Vespasian's armies in AD 70, Jericho declined rapidly, and by 100 AD, it was but a small Roman garrison town. <clears throat> First century Jericho is described by Strabo's geography as follows. Jericho is a plain surrounded by a kind of mountainous country, which in a way slopes towards it like a theatre. Here are all kinds of cultivated and fruitful trees, although it consists normally of palm trees. East of Jerusalem was the Jordan River, shown in the map on, by the red line there. Along that river was the place where John the Baptist stayed to baptise those who heard his message and were preparing themselves for the coming of God's new kingdom. Jesus was baptised by him on the River Jordan, just approximately five miles east of Jericho. And at his baptism, at his baptism, we read in, in Luke chapter 3 that Jesus uh, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. As Jesus was leaving Jericho, he restored sight to blind Bartimaeus. His blindness was miraculously cured on the grounds of his faith. Mark 10 and verse 52 tells us, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Another faithful man who lived in Jericho was Zacchaeus. He, being short of stature, climbed a tree to see Jesus. He changed his past way of life to become a Christian. And Jesus said unto him, Today is salvation, come to, thy, to this house. Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan tells the story of another faithful man. The story takes place on the steep and rocky road that led down from Jerusalem to Jericho. <clears throat> it's recorded for us in Luke chapter 10. The road leading from Jerusalem to Jericho was infested by robbers who hid in the rocky caverns adjoining it and could appear without warning from the tributary gorges of the wadis which dissect the mountain wall. Christ's familiarity with Jericho and the road leading down to it is reflected in this parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus' use, Jesus' use of the example of a priest and then a Levite who ignored the urgent needs of this badly wounded man on that Jerusalem to Jericho road. 
but the Samaritan took care of him. After the parable, Jesus said in Luke 10, Which now of these thinkest thou was neighbour to him who fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Here Jesus is telling us to be like that Samaritan, to faithfully care for those that are in need. Historians tell us that Jericho was like a holiday resort to those in Jerusalem. By travelling a short distance, about four hours walking distance, a person could be transformed from the sometimes quite cold climate of Jerusalem, 777 metres, 2,528 feet above sea level, to the balmy warmth of Jericho, 250 metres, 820 feet below sea level. And that's why Herod built his summer palace there. And the priests and the Levites also used Jericho as their off-duty uh, residing place. The Jewish Talmud comments that there were many priests in Jericho. There were as many there as there were in Jerusalem. And Jesus used this fact to pointedly illustrate the parable and the lesson behind it. The lesson of caring for one another as that Samaritan did. Someone once said to me, you know, Timothy, studying the Bible without uh, gaining experience and without uh, learning lessons from it seems to be a waste of time. Uh, we, ladies and gentlemen, have looked at what the Bible says about the city of Jericho. Now let's look at what lessons we can learn for ourselves in our lives. The last mention of Jericho in the Bible is in the letter to the Hebrews, where the writer to the Hebrews tells us how the faith of the Israelites in the, and the power of God brought those walls of ancient Jericho tumbling down. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, 20. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. It was not long after this letter that was written that the city was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. The marvel is that we can still stand today on the ruins of the city and witness historically the and archaeologically to the truth of God's word as we've seen. With God all things are possible. And in Mark 9 and verse 23, Jesus says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. The Israelites faithfully believed that the walls would fall down. And they did. They had faithfully trusted that the God of Israel was stronger than all the gods of Jericho. She believed and she and her that she and her family would be rescued from the destruction to follow. And she was. And we too might have many problems in our lives. At school, or difficult circumstances at home, 
or in later life with advancing age. But we need to remember that nothing is impossible or too difficult for our God to do. Those walls of Jericho were too high to climb, too thick to smash down. But God, but not for God with his power. Just a shout, just a shout brought them down. God loves and he cares for his faithful children with an everlasting love. And so we can talk to God in prayer and tell him our problems and our needs. Let's remember that all things are possible for God so we can put our trust in him and know that he will listen. Jesus spent his whole life in prayer to his Father and he says to us in Matthew 6 verse 6 When thou prayest, enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut thy door pray to thy Father which is in secret and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The people of Israel had surrounded Jericho but the great gates were shut tight and the walls, both walls, were impossibly high and thick. Nobody could climb over them. No battering ram would break down these walls. And now perhaps all the people are wondering, what is Joshua going to do? The night before Joshua's Jericho, the battle of Jericho, the commander of the army of the Lord appeared to Joshua and said, Lose thy shoe from off thy foot, the place whereon thou standest is holy. God was with them, there even at Jericho, and that's all that mattered to Joshua. Have you ever thought, or even prayed, Lord, I'm in it over my head. I just cannot cope. Your battle might be a health problem or a wayward child. It might be unemployment or something else. We have to realise, as Joshua and Rahab did, that although humanly the problem seems vast, spiritual power comes from God. It's not the lofty sails that move the ship, but the unseen wind. The Lord's instruction to Joshua was in effect, I'll fight, you follow. Here was God's unique plan. Walk round the city seven times, blow trumpets and shout. And I'm sure that all Israelites were sceptical, but they obeyed I'm sure that some, sorry, some in Israel were sceptical, but they obeyed and they won. The good news is that the Lord is the same yesterday, today and forever. If the Lord can fight Joshua, for, for Joshua, he can fight for you. He is with us to help us. Although this seemed very strange, Joshua followed God's instructions to the very letter. When the people did finally shout, the massive walls collapsed instantly. And Israel won that easy battle. In fact, God had given the city to, Jews, to Jericho, the city of Jericho to them, 
before he even, they even began to march around the city walls. Before marching around the city walls, God said to Joshua in chapter 6 and verse 2, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valour. It was when the people of God, by faith, followed the commands of God, that the walls of Jericho fell down flat. The Apostle Paul assures us, when writing to the Romans, for whatsoever things are written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The description of the complete obliteration of Jericho was recorded in scripture to teach us several lessons. Most important is that of obedience. Even when God's commands seem foolish, obedience to his commands brings victory. When we are faced with unsurmountable, seemingly unsurmountable odds, we must learn that our Jericho victories are only won when our faithful obedience to God is complete. There are other key lessons that we should learn from this story. First, there's a vast amount of difference between God's way and between the way of man. The prophet Isaiah said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Though militarily it was irrational to assault Jericho in the manner that it was done. We must never question God's purpose or his instructions. We must have faith that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. The power of God is beyond our understanding. Daniel says all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to all his will and the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? The walls of Jericho fell flat. They fell instantly. The walls collapsed by the sheer power and the might of God. And there's a relationship between the goodness of God and our faith and our obedience to him. The Hebrew writer tells us, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were, they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not within them that believed not, with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. Although their faith had sometimes failed in the past, in this instance, the children of Israel believed and trusted in God and his promises. And they were saved by faith. And so are we today, saved by faith. Yet faith must be shown by obedience. As with the children of Israel, the walls of Jericho fell by faith after they were searched for seven days. 
In addition, the story tells us that God keeps his promises. The walls of Jericho fell because God said that they would. God's promises to us today are just as certain. They are just as unswerving. They are exceedingly great and wonderful, wonderfully precious. And we look to Jesus' promised return to set up his Father's kingdom of peace. We should also learn that faith without works is dead, as James tells us. It's not enough to say, well, I believe in God, and then to live an unli- un- in an ungodly manner. If we truly believe God, then our desire will be to obey God. That's why Jesus was baptised. And, ba- and at his baptism, he said, to jo- uh, uh, he said to John, who was reluctant to baptise him, he said, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfil all righteousness. And God asks us also to be baptised as a sign that we want to live a new life following the commandments of his son. After baptism our faith is is to be put to work. We must make every effort to do exactly what God says and to keep his commandments as his son did. Joshua and the Israelites carried out the commands of God and conquered Jericho. God gave them victory over the enemy that was trying to keep them out of the promised land and so it is with us today if we have true faith we will want to obey God and God gives us victory over our enemies the enemies that we face throughout our life obedience is the clear evidence of faith our faith is the evidence of others to to others that we really do believe in him we can conquer and be victorious through life by faith. And faith, a faith that obeys God and who gives, uh, God who gives us his gift, the free gift of life. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves it's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 we are told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I hope that by what we've seen concerning Jericho today we've increased our faith and our trust in God. For God is in control of all things. Speaking of the faithful it says in 1 Peter 1 and verse 5 that they are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last day and those words the last time look forward to the return of Jesus to the earth once more and the setting up of God's coming kingdom so with faith and with confidence in God We look to the time when God's kingdom will be set up here upon the earth by Jesus his son. It indeed will be a kingdom of peace, 
a kingdom of safety and a kingdom of security. But some even today don't look forward to the kingdom. There are people who mockingly say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continuously were from the beginning of creation. And that no doubt is just what the people of Jericho said so long ago. Jericho had been a city from the beginning of time. They thought that the possibility of it being destroyed was, to say the least, very unlikely. But God, who destroyed the city of Jericho because of its worship of idols, will also destroy the modern kingdoms of this world who refuse to follow him. It is for us to seek first the kingdom of God by the lives that we are living now. The people of Jericho died at the hand of our God in Joshua's time and age. They've been given a chance to follow him and they rejected it. And some in our day and age are just the same as those in Jericho. But God will rule the nations of men when Jesus returns. They've been given a chance to follow him and many have rejected him. But surely, surely that's not us. We all, I'm sure, look forward to that kingdom age. Part of that kingdom can be you and can be I, ladies and gentlemen. We really, surely have something to look forward to. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. Christadelphians.org.uk